Now, a few years ago, this isn't a proper movie review because I haven't seen the film, but I will explain. A few years ago, Robert Bryden and Steve Coogan, uh, who is actually coming back to TV as Alan Partridge, I noticed, along with the League of Gentlemen. They're all doing new episodes. He did a, a film called Cock and Ball Story uh, with those two in it. They're both comedians, actors and writers and friends. And it was a, a semi-mockumentary, documentary-slash-dramatised film that was sort of filmed, a film within a film. They were filming uh, Tristan Shandy's epic no- novel, um, Ye Olde Worldy, um, and they basically sort of dra- semi-dramatised the awkward process of filmmaking. And it was directed by Michael Winterbottom, and since then they've been... They've moved the whole thing to a travelogue cooking show or travelogue restaurant show slash wish list slash I wish I could be them where they and it started off with a trip travelling England and going to the poshest restaurants in the company in the country and they played stylized versions of themselves uh, where they heightened their bad attributes and did lots of impersonations of people and so on. And that's turned into a nice little learner for them. They did the trip to Italy where they uh, went around some of the most beautiful places in Italy in nice cars and went to the poshest restaurants. And now they've returned for a third outing, or a fourth if you count, a cock and ball story, uh, which is the trip Spain, obviously one of the, uh, well, the probable culinary capital of the world. And it's exactly the same format as before. And this is why I haven't watched the film and why I won't bother this time. With the other two films, exactly the same thing happened. The TV series, which was six half-hour episodes, was brilliant. Um, and then they put out a movie version. And it's sad if people only see that because they cut down like 180 minutes into 110. And what they, they the TV series breathes really well. It's got a really nice flow to it and you get a lovely cinematography and the meals, they spend more time on the meals and so on. And when you watch the film, they just go for... Every time they do an impersonation of someone, they sit around the dinner table and they'll just try and outdo each other on impersonations. On the TV show, there's enough of a gap between those moments where it doesn't become annoying. But on the film version, they basically cut all of those moments out and ensure that they're in there. So there's very little gap between them doing these sort of one-upmanship uh, impersonation fest which it, can't, it does become a little bit grating on the movies and I noticed with both the trip and the trip Italy I loved the TV show and I found a lot of flaws in the flow narrative flow of the movies it didn't quite work and there were more annoying characters in it so this time around I'm not going to bother with the film I'm halfway through the trip to Spain TV series and I thoroughly recommend if you want to watch this and it is really really good as a cursory I could say eight and a half out of ten um, I found it probably a little bit more enjoyable than the other two TV series. The film is in the cinema at the moment, but I would seriously recommend bypassing that for the full, you know, 180 minutes versus 111. There's a lot that they leave out. And it's usually the subtle stuff, the stuff that actually makes it a lot more sort of soulful and enjoyable. And they're basically two midlife crises running around Spain. They went, uh, episode two, they went to Echabari, which is my number one choice on earth. If I can ever go to a restaurant, it's that one. And they spent ages there. And they looked like they were blown away as well. He's, he's the guy that is known as the best barbecuer on the planet. He's a self-taught guy. I think his restaurant's ranked seventh in the world or something. And he doesn't do these big deconstructions. He does. He barbecues everything from steak to caviar. And he's built all the equipment himself. Amazing stuff. 
This one I'm finding a little bit funnier, a little bit looser, and the cinematography's gorgeous, absolutely. Michael Winterbottom's a very interesting director. He's done some hardcore stuff. I actually uh, reviewed his uh, debut film, Welcome to Sarajevo, for a magazine back in the 90s, and since then he's done some really interesting stuff, 24-hour party people, again with Steve Coogan. Uh, he did Nine Songs, which was the first film in British history to receive a cinema rating that you could show legally in the cinema that actually had unsimulated sex in it all the way, all the way through. Um, and since then, he's um, he did A Killer Inside Me, which was a very, very controversial film starring Casey Affleck. Underappreciated, but a bit offensive. Uh, and now he's uh, he's helmed this one again. He's got a really un unobtrusive style for somebody that's made some pretty hardcore films. So it's um, it's well worth catching up with them, and it's uh, it's interesting because Coogan plays a bit of a bastard version of himself, and he's constantly on the phone to his agent, kind of in a way reminiscent of Extras, if you remember that, uh, and Ricky Gervais's character in that, but a bit more bitter and twisted. And constantly talking about every achievement he's ever had, whereas Rob Brydon's a more knockabout sort of sidekick character. And they're both brilliant at impersonations as well. Uh, and it gets a bit much when they just can't sit down for five minutes without doing Bond or doing Al Pacino over and over again. But some of them are really, really good. And uh, some of the jokes as well are very, very witty. Rob Biden shines in this one. So if you can see it, I'd really, really watch the TV series. I don't think it's been on on TV over here, but there are probably ways and means. So I'd give the TV series, I'm halfway through, an eight and a half so far. And I don't know what the movie's like.